Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Adkins. And today I'm here for the last time. Just kidding. Not the last time, probably. Uh, I'm Maybe here the last for time in the studio. The last time in the studio. I don't even know about that. <laughs> it's true. You it need to come be. back. I am coming back. To Nashville? Yeah, in a couple of months. Yeah, but we should then record in the studio. <laughs> yeah, we should. Okay, so the other voice you're hearing, of course, is Daniel M. Hello. And in case anyone's counting, uh, the third time was not a charm. First, I went through Barnabas as a co-host. Uh, then Eric Geiger. Mm-hmm. And now Daniel M. <laughs> you can't keep anyone. I can't keep anyone longer than two years. Everybody's like a two-year stint. Yeah. And then they're out. I guess we have to calculate who has done the most episodes, though. That would be interesting. Yeah. It might be a tie between Barnabas and I by this I point. I think it probably would be you and Barnabas. Yeah. Most likely. Hmm. And most, and you guys have done the most, um, like, onesie episodes where you're, you're hosting because... Yeah, that's right. I'm either having surgery in, or... India or Indianapolis. Or Indian, <laughs> Indianapolis, that's true. All right, so, Daniel... Why are you leaving me? Uh, I can't. I can't do? take you anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, I wasn't wanting to leave. It's uh, transitions an interesting thing, right? I mean, in the season of ministry, it seems like I wonder if if pastors go through more transition than the normal kind of your average person, uh, like with other vocations. Right. I wonder. I'm, I don't have any research or anything to back that up, but it seems like every fall, every spring, there's always a ton of activity on Facebook, people changing, moving. And I mean, Christina and I have moved a ton. And when, when we moved here five years ago, we never thought that we'd only be here five years. We thought right. we were going to be here long term. Long Dude, term. you just got your green card. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I know. Those are it's not crazy. easy to come by. Oh, no. <laughs> it was uh, very difficult. <laughs> we did it legally, but it was very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> How do you do that illegally? Well, that's probably another episode. That's another episode. episode. (laughs) You Canadians. Yeah. So it was just, yeah. But basically last fall, we just kind of sensed God stirring in our hearts and that transition was on the horizon. Honestly, I, we, we initially thought it was just because our president had announced his retirement. Dr. Rayner and that we were waiting for a new president. That's what I thought it was going to be for both of us. But when we went out to Edmonton, back to Edmonton at Beulah Alliance Church in January, I was asked to, I mean, it was on the books for a year for me to go out, lead a staff retreat and preach. But it went from just that to a conversation with the lead pastor there, Keith Taylor, who's been there 28 years, who asked if we would pray about coming back uh, to work towards succession. So... This is where um, I stole you from. In the yes, first place. it's true. <laughs> what? Okay, so here's a couple questions. What has happened in your own life since? So I guess from an outside person looking in, um, what would someone at your church say? Oh, this is what Daniel like. Oh, this is what I see in Daniel. This is how Daniel's grown, or this is how Dan. This is who Daniel is now. Like, what are those big things? What would you say? Yeah, would be some of your biggest takeaways from this experience. And then, what do you think other people 
have kind of seen. Yeah. These last five years. Yeah. It's interesting. So podcasting is a, a fascinating mode, right? Compared right. to writing to the sense where when I was back at Beulah in January and I was talking to friends and staff members and asking them about them. And I noticed a pattern that no one was asking or not everyone. There are particular people who just weren't asking anything about me. And it's fine if it's like a five minute conversation, right. but if you're talking for 30 minutes to an hour and it's entirely one-sided and they're not asking you about anything about you, right. you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. So I started volunteering information about what's happened in Christina's and my life and this, right. that, and the other, just to kind of keep the conversation going. And then the response multiple times was, oh, I already know that. And I was like, what? What are you talking podcasts. about? Yeah, they listened to the in-between podcast that I do with Christina. Right. So I was just, man, that's it was fascinating. So for them, I heard them say, oh, it's like it's like you never left. Right. We we already know what's going on because podcasting is in, in a sense, it's you know, you're in your you're in someone else's ears. It's right. it's a different mode than just writing. Well, and the way we do things, you I mean, you know, it is what it is. We don't try to edit. A yeah. lot or it's that conversation. Like we literally just hit record and started talking <laughs> just now. It's true. Yeah, just right now. No prepared questions. Sorry, listeners. Uh, th it was, hey, let's go have a conversation. Yeah, about, about transition. About yeah. transition. And mm -hmm. the interesting thing for me is this versus last time with Eric. And Eric said the same thing, by the way, because when he got to his church, it was like, oh, we already know what you think about this, that, or the other, because, because you have been on the podcast yeah, and you've talked right. about a toxic culture mm. or you've talked about, you know, how you feel about, I mean, I think for him, it was like, oh, I got to go back and listen to all these episodes because these, this is how people are judging me. No joke. Um, so Daniel, <laughs> you have been on 5LQ and new churches, you're yeah. on every episode of new churches. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of oh, episodes and information. I'm only on half of them. Yeah. It's, I mean, podcasting has been huge. And honestly, it, I, I guess maybe this is, this is what podcasting has done. It's probably helped me get better on my feet at thinking. Right. It, because if you were to look at who I was five years ago and the amount of prep time and, you know, as part of it is how do you just continue to learn? How do you just continue to learn? And right. part of it is, are you an internal processor or are you a verbal processor? So I am very, I have been very much of an internal processor, but what's been neat with this podcast and with the new churches one in particular is the way that I've learned, right? When we talk on the podcast, it's not just us reading from our notes. No. It's us learning from each other and us growing in and through the podcast. So that's been a really interesting and, and fun way to learn not just via classroom, not just via books, but via conversation. Yeah, because when you think about the amount of time we've spent with leaders from all different oh, walks, yeah. it's crazy. It is. It is. It's like a degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A degree in rhetoric. Something. Yeah. All right. So any other, like, what would, again, what would uh, outside people say? What would you say about, hey, here's here's the biggest ways I've seen Daniel grow or change mm. or, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I know what would you say? People would always characterize me as a learner and I love learning. And I mean, that's my second strengths finder right. theme learner. And I'm always reading, learning, growing, listening, et cetera. What's been interesting is as I've had the opportunity to 
you know, for us to interview a swath, a huge plethora of leaders and also with new churches and what the 4,000 plus churches we've now worked with as a team. I mean, as we've done all of that work and as I've synthesized a lot of that in No Silver Bullets and the work I did with Ed, Planting Missional Churches, you know, it's just all of that. There's right. a lot of output, right? And that's that's what the, the last five years have been. I've had to continue to learn, but there's been a lot of output. Right. And what I've realized about the output and about the learning is that it's not as complicated as we might think. In a sense, when you're trying to solve a staffing issue at the church or when you're trying to solve, okay, how do we go from this many campuses to this many campuses or we need to do this, that or the other. A lot of times my default would have been, okay, what are the experts doing? What are they doing? Well, and I would have gone totally, you know, probably too much on the outside without looking on the inside and seeing where we've, where have we been as a church, mm-hmm. where we, where can we go as a church and, and finding the answer from within also obviously learning from outside and learning right. from the mistakes of others. But I guess I didn't realize how much the answer is actually within a lot of churches. If you have a, a, a person who can observe and a person who can point out and make the connections, which sometimes it's hard to do with an internal Right. individual, but it is definitely possible. So I'm of course going to tie this back to pipeline because it's what I do. <laughs> um, but you know, we talk about that, uh, that virtuous cycle of learning and teaching. Yeah. And so I would say that's part, that's a big part of it because ultimately I believe that a big part of leadership is learning in front of people Yeah. Uh, and learning with people. And so that cycle of there's stuff that we don't always know either, and but we're exposed to more people than most people are. We're exposed to more books, and we just choose to read more books, and we choose to, um, you know, in the connections we have and stuff like that, we're able to probably find those answers um, more quickly. But the I think the cool thing about it really is a lot of what, so people would now list you mm-hmm. as one of those experts. Mm. And part of that is because, you know, it, if you look at planning missional churches, there's, yeah, there's plenty of research and stuff that goes into that. But as um, as you have grown and mm. as you continue to learn and bring in, we have been in front of 4,000 churches. And that's not through Ministry Grid, which is an awesome tool. <laughs> that is through being one-on-one or usually one with staff yeah, um, with that many church leaders walking through pipeline and walking through real problems, whether they be, you know, something that is discipleship based or mm-hmm. um, leadership based or just more pragmatic and practical. And I think that is a big part of um, growth as well. And, and that has come through, that cycle of learning and teaching. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. So um, what has surprised you most about the last, you know, kind of five years that you've been here? Like what surprised you most coming in? Maybe not coming in, but yeah, over that course of time. Yeah. For me, I've, I I mean, I'm a pretty self-motivated person on the Enneagram. I'm a three. 
So I'm an achiever. I like self-starting. Right. I can keep myself accountable because if I do a bad job, no one's going to be as upset as me. So that's been predominantly, I guess, my MO up until now. What I didn't realize is how important your relationships are with those you work with and how important your relationship is with your supervisor. Right. Because I've had great supervisors in the past, but I feel like with us, and this might get a little awkward for our listeners here, but I, f- I feel like for us, there's been this synergy right. in the way that we've been able to work off of each other that I haven't experienced before. But as we've worked with each other in developing you know, the coaching material for right. leadership pipeline and our other coaching days. And just, I mean, all the stuff that we worked on together, I feel it's, it's given me a glimpse into, Oh, wow. Look at the synergy. Look at the kind of hundred X. It's not just like two X or 10 X, but look at the right. hundred or thousand X that can happen when you have a healthy relationship with your boss. So when it came to transition, I mean, you were the one of the first people to know as we were discerning. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a job offer there. They didn't offer me anything, the the, the right. church or, but because we've been able to develop such a strong friendship and trust and good working relationship as well. I was like, man, I can't, as I was trying to figure out, okay, who do we tell? When do we tell all this stuff? I couldn't imagine discerning the process without you knowing it because I felt like we had that great amount of trust, right. which I think led into also the fact that we've been able to work together so well. So when it came to transition and for everyone listening in who is not in a season of transition, I think to, for you to listen in and maybe you don't fully understand, maybe, maybe you don't fully grasp because you haven't experienced that type of relationship with your supervisor, but I mean, it's possible and it can be, I mean, who your bosses can make or break your work, your satisfaction in the work, you enjoying the ministry that you're doing, it can make or break it. So if you have a bad boss, don't leave. I mean, maybe leave, but but don't leave right away. We, we're going to get a lot of complaint letters <laughs> if that's the case. <laughs> but work toward building that relationship. Don't try to just do the status quo and, and live on and, and be dissatisfied and be upset and use that drive home as a as a venting session or, or crank the music up to try to stress relieve. I mean, don't right. do that. Work toward building that relationship. And if you're doing that and you can't, then yeah, maybe, maybe it is time to look for something else. You know, um, one of the things that has come out from time to time, it's not a common theme, but from time to time on the podcast, we'll talk about the fact that I have, I don't think I've ever heard or personally experienced someone getting fired or let go because they just had rock stars on their team. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so my philosophy has always been, you know, find really sharp people that have good attitudes and give them a place to stand um, and then just yeah. let them go. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so let me. Let that's, me what, that's what you did. Well, I mean, you did that very well. So l- let me ask you a question on that then. When you hired me. Yes. How were you thinking about, like, was this your strategy on managing me from the beginning? Did it morph? I mean, what was your no. perspective on our, our working relationship? Um, my perspective early on with you and with other people on our team has always been 
um, okay, let me figure out what, what this, what this, who this person is, um, and how I can best from a kingdom perspective, be a good steward of that person, help them figure out where they're trying to go. I mean, I would just as much pride myself on the fact that, um, every admin I've had, except for one who chose to leave was given a promotion or Mm -hmm. moved into a higher level position in this organization and organizations in the past. Um, because I think, hey, it is, let me figure out who's on my team, the team dynamic. Uh, that's something to talk about too, I think. But it, it is to say, okay, man, you can do anything you want. I want to know what your desires and passions are beyond your job description. Mm. And I'm going to help you position things well to it, kill whatever's on your job description, uh, crush it, and then let's give you an opportunity over here. Or, um, you know, it's if you need this relationship or how do we get you in front of my boss mm-hmm. or how do we get you, you know, into a, a, a different place from a strategy standpoint that's good for you, it's good for us, it's good for me. Um, because I'm always going to, you know, I think that's a fallacy. Um, sometimes people are like, well, a leader may be like, well, I don't want them to meet. I don't want them to, you know, meet this person or, um, see this person as successful or more successful than me or a better writer than me or a better speaker than me or a better fill in the blank than me. And I think probably the reason why I'm way more successful by getting guys that are really sharp and have a great attitude and then bring them up, I'm way more successful through them than I would be apart from them, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot and of sense. And so I do, I mean, you know, I would say that symbiotic relationship that you described has been great for me too, hmm. both as a, a person and a leader, because, um, you know, people that listen to the podcast probably know this, but I don't. I'm not close to a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I'm always close to my team and I'm always close to the people I work with. And usually there's one or two that I'm closer to. And you've been that, yeah. you know, in the past, Kevin was that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's good. All right. Um, so what will you miss most about this? And not this podcast. I yeah. mean, what you missed most about your time here? Man, when I came down over five years ago for an event that Rick Howerton did right. to, to bring me down to work on, to present on all the stuff I was doing on Midsize Communities. And I came and filmed Midsize Community Material for Ministry Grid, which right. hadn't yet launched. Right. And didn't meet, but we then connected over Twitter and then Skype. And that's kind of <laughs> like, yeah, multiple hours on Saturday talking. And I was like, okay, maybe we should, you know, something should happen here. Right. So when, when that all happened, never did I imagine that I would have the privilege to serve church leaders in the capacity that I have these past few years. It's been a gift. It's been something that's been, there There are several things that God has kind of branded on my heart in terms of calling. Right. And that's one of those. That's one of those. And I didn't expect to do that. And neither was I trying to do that until, or, or thought I would have the opportunity to do that until I was much older. 
Right. And maybe that's just because I'm Korean. Maybe there's, so there's that age thing or maybe it's just because I felt unqualified and I still feel unqualified. I still feel unqualified in, in many respects, but it's just been neat to see that regardless of how many years of experience you have, you can still mentor and help others. Right. right. So two examples. I mean, when we look at our, our state of church planning research with newchurches.com, one of the factors of individuals who led churches that multiplied in their first five years was that they mentored other church planters. Right. Right. I mean, that's they've only been around. Like even if you're two years in, you can still mentor someone else. And right. even with the podcast Christina and I are doing, I mean, we're in our mid thirties. We've been married 13 years. Our oldest is 10. And I remember people in their 50s asking me about, uh, and who I, who I very much respect, asking me about, you know, talking about the podcast. Being like, oh, I saw that you're doing a podcast. And they were like, how many years have you been married? Right. And we're like, uh, 13. And they're like, oh, okay. okay. How many kids do you have? And they were like checking off, I think in their mind. And what I read was in their mind, it was like, well, you're not qualified to do this. Right. You don't even have teenagers yet. You haven't even been married for this. You know, you know, you know, know. Such a, and, and then I was just, I knew that that's what they were thinking. Right. And that didn't demotivate me from doing it. Instead, it actually motivated me because I was like, hey, the fact is there are, and for the in-between podcasts, we, we surveyed our audience and our audience is 20s to 40s. Right. Right. We actually have several teenagers that listen to from our church and our neighborhood that we know about. So That's weird. I know. And we're like, oh, <laughs> maybe you should be married first before we do this. But <laughs> we know our primary audience is 20s to 40s. Right. And I was like, then that's who we're going to target. And right. I, I feel like that it, this, these last five years has, have given me this confidence to say, hey, I don't need to wait till I'm 70 to help someone else. I can help someone else right now. And, and there are going to be people who don't want my help. Or and or um, that's okay, but there's right. a lot of people that I can help, and I do want to resource and help others in that way. Again, I think it comes back to a common theme of learning in front of people. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and just saying, hey, you know, there is a wide. I mean, we talk about a wide swath of information that we've shared on our podcast. Well, yeah, that does not. It's not a drop of a drop in the bucket um, compared to the interwebs, even in our niche, which is churches and Christian, you know, nonprofit, like it, part of what, you know, you're doing is learning and then delivering that, yeah. some of that best of information um, to people from a, a specific perspective that they agree with. Because there's some people that listen, they're like, oh, I'm done with that. Mm. Uh, but the people that, you know, tap into it, I think do so because they begin to build that trust with you and they know, oh, I, I find this useful. I find it really beneficial. This person thinks like I think and so on and so forth. Yeah. I, I feel like these last five years, both with my neighborhood, I mean, it's crazy. We had a neighborhood cul-de-sac party or cul-de-sac threw a party for us. Mm -hmm. One of our former neighbors, they sold their house, bought a food truck. If you're in Nashville, it's called Southern Spoon. It's legit. But they... <laughs> Is there macaroni they, they, and cheese? Uh, they have, the food's amazing. The food's <laughs> amazing. But but they basically, they sold their house. This was his dream. He was like a career, career computer guy, right? Sold their house, rented one, went on food trucks for a year to learn, bought their own, and they're going at it. And they came and showed up at our cul-de-sac food par uh, party. And that, so that right there, 
the church that I've been a part of, the team that we've been a part of, the work that we've been a part of, I think more than anything, it's given me an, an image or uh, a, a tangible taste of what could be. Because mm. you, you don't know what you don't know, right? So when you think about that and you're like, hey, but I've never really had a good boss. I've never really lived in a good neighborhood. I've never really, then how do you know what to attain to unless you're, you've personally experienced it or you've learned from others right? and you've heard about it from others. And I feel like that's what this has been, uh, the symbiotic relationship. Good deal. What is something from your time here that you will not miss? <laughs> what will not miss? Man, people have asked if I'm going to miss the travel because mm-hmm. I travel, I've traveled quite a bit on yeah. our team. And as the kids get older, I, I thought it would be easier to travel as the kids got older, but I think it's actually, Smart. yeah, because they need you more yep. and they notice you more when you, when you, when you're not there. Right. And I know even as I look at my travel schedule for this next year, it's not going to be zero, but it's not going to be two to three trips a month. Right. So it's, 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 I, I've definitely, so I'm not, I'm not going to miss all of that travel, but I still will be able to travel here and there for this. You know, for the books and all that. I like it. And our pipeline stuff, yeah. Anything else you won't miss about <laughs> Nashville in general? Dude, Nashville's awesome. Man, the the, the summers are crazy hot, though. <laughs> it is. It, it's yeah, yeah, I'm not used to these humid 100-degree-plus summers. Yep. How much does it snow in Edmonton <laughs> a year? In Edmonton, man, you can get... First snowfall could be, I, I have heard that there has been snow sighted every single month of the year, but not many people have ever seen that. Now it doesn't stick. Usually right. winters like late October to April, but you'll probably still see one or two snowfalls in May, but it won't stick. Now, lest people think that it's, you know, it's always super cold and there's always snow on the ground. It's not. It goes up and down. It goes up and down, but it is, but it is a lot colder. <laughs> no, the summers are great. I mean, sun's <laughs> up till 1030 at night. So, okay. So long days. how much snow has to fall in Med- Edmonton before stores run out of um, milk, bread, and toilet Dude, paper? Dude, that's such a Southern thing. That's <laughs> insane. It never does. And never, the city does not shut down, just keeps on going. One of my last days in Edmonton before we moved here, there was this massive snowfall where snow came overnight all the way up to my hip. And we still, I still had to bring Victoria to school. Right. <laughs> Life just goes on. It's different. You know, logistics are different. All right. So this is your, this is your shot, man. To tell our listeners anything uh, you would like to kind of encourage them where they currently are and um, thinking about where they need to be or want to be. It's the five leadership questions podcast, right? And I'm not going to be on it much more after this, maybe a few episodes here and there. Book breakdowns, you can come back now and again. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. If you still read when you're in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and the new church, but the new church's Q&A podcast will oh, still do. Oh, it's going to go on strong. Yeah. So if we're going to go to a thousand episodes, freakish guys. chance, you have not listened to new churches. Daniel will still be over at new churches. 
and we'll still do that together. Sorry, I'll be there too. <laughs> um, but we we have a great time over there. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. Yeah. So with that podcast, okay, now this being the new church, not new churches, this being the five leadership questions podcast, I would, if, if you've heard the five questions over and over and over again, I would encourage you not just to listen to the answers, but for you to actually ask those five questions to those people in your life, to others in your life, schedule time with your boss, schedule time with the elders at your church, schedule time with the, the, I mean, you would like this one, the, the person who runs the chamber of commerce. Yeah. Right. I mean, schedule time with the leaders in your church. If you are leading a church or if you're in staff at a church, that is local ministry. And what local ministry means is you need to know who is there located all around you, which is, which doesn't just mean it's the people who come to your church. It means you're going outside of the walls of your church and learning. Do you know the names of all the business owners around your church? Right. Do you know the names of the crossing guard or the police? You know, do you know your community and those five questions? Now you don't have to have a mic. You don't have to record it formally, but those five questions, man, you, you ask anyone those five questions, they're going to feel like a superstar. Yeah. Asking that if someone's asking you those questions, I mean, that is an honor to, uh, you know, to, Hey, who are you learning from? What's the focus on your lead, your leadership team today? Right? How are you leading your family? I mean, you know, you just kind of go on. What's one thing that you can do every single day right. that's going to benefit your leadership? What would you tell your 20-year-old self? Man, if anyone asked you those questions, you would feel so humbled and grateful yeah. to answer it and feel respected. So what does it look like for you to actually take these five questions and actively, not just passively listen, but actively engage in the lives of those in your community? Good deal. That's what I'd say. <laughs> well... Thank you guys for listening. Daniel, thank you for being on. Uh, thank you in advance for you coming back on to do a breakdown or two. We should actually figure out what those are. Yeah. Uh, and make sure that happens this fall. Fantastic. Thanks, Todd.